Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Angie, Estimate Rocket, and Paint Supply. Welcome to the Women in Paint podcast. I'm your host, Michael Cheney. I am also the owner of No Drip Painting, where we are changing lives through paint. I've got our girl, Maggie Kuyperon, with me from Harpeth Painting, and we are going to talk all things wallpaper. Um, if you've been hanging out on our Facebook page, the Women in Paint page, you have seen the comments coming about wallpaper, and I'm just going to say that, that Maggie's the pro here, so she's going to walk us through it. <laughs> Um, all right, grow, but learn from people who have the battle wounds. Yeah, you at least have some experience and you're going to help us out. So let's start, I think, with probably the most important thing. Um, and it has to do with pricing. I will tell you full disclosure over at No Drip Painting. We have launched our wallpaper division this year because many of our current clients already want us to do wallpaper. So we decided, hey, it's time. We've already got the client base. But the first obstacle is... How do we price it? When someone says, what's your price point? What the heck do we say, Maggie? <laughs> well, um, I think it's always important when you're pricing um, to not let the customer influence your uh, approach to pricing. Mm -hmm. um, I think when we first started Wallpaper, we ran into you know, people asking if we price by the role, if we price by the hour, by the day, um, because our, our really our first um, experience with wallpaper came from contractors and designers, right? And so they're, mm -hmm. they're pretty savvy in who they worked with previously. They kind of come with a, with a perception of how things might be done in our industry. Um, and so, one, I know early on, one of the designers asked us, you know, do you guys price by the role? And I'm thinking, no, should I, yeah. do I, I'm confused. <laughs> like, right. um, but the, especially now that wallpaper is so popular, that is a really tricky situation because every single role is different. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to be creating, in my opinion, a lot more work um, on the back end. We do have installers that price by the role. Uh, we're a submodel, and so um, our wallpaper installers. There is a crew that prices by the role. So what we do is we just keep them on simple, straightforward commercial jobs. Typically, commercial vinyl is 54 inch, and I realize that that might sound like Spanish to some people. I'm not dipping into all that yet, but um, it's real easy to know. You know commercial 54 inch vinyl, he prices by the yard or by the roll, boom, that's easy. Okay. But when you res when you get into that residential and they found the perfect wallpaper on Spoonflower or Philip yes. Jeffries or whatever, and it's 28 inches here and 26 inches here and this length and this width and this, all these things, you can't price that way. Uh, so we just back into it. Um, we back into it with ours. Um, we have a very strict, job minimum, because you're going to learn real quickly that everybody has an accent wall. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody has a powder room. Okay. And depending on how much you want to get into wallpaper, you know, you can really bog yourself down with um, small jobs. And so what we did to kind of prevent that, and, and we'll talk more about, I'm sure, the things we've learned. Um, but I wish I had known when we started to just start in with a hard, fast minimum. So for okay. us, it's our equivalent to our day rate. So eight hours, I don't care if it's an accent wall or a powder room, it's eight hours. Like that's, there's a, there's a minimum charge. Um, and you're going to learn pretty quickly that there's a high demand for wallpaper installers. Mm -hmm. And the people, some people are going to bark at that and other people are going to say, cool, when can you do it? <laughs> yeah. Well, and let's just mention quickly, like, 
you know, my, my, from my viewpoint, what's happened with the wallpaper installers, it, it's kind of like a dying breed in some capacity yeah. because it was popular years ago, right? Yeah. With all the crazy flowery designs that kind of faded out. I know it, it stayed relatively, uh, you know, popular within the commercial setting, I think kind of always. Um, but now it's coming back in style with the designers and they have a hard time finding folks to install. And if they do find someone, they're usually older. They've been doing right. it for years. They have, um, they're booked out their prices, you know, there's, there's yep. no real um, uh, container on the price structure. So, uh, you know, I think getting into the wallpaper game is, is important if you, if you kind of want to expand your business and offer other options to your clients. So you're saying have some sort of minimum. It's good to start with an eight hour minimum. Uh, and then from there, you're kind of, basing it on hours mm -hmm. like a time material thing because like obviously you've got the cost of the school. that's a whole nother right i mean everybody you know how you cost obviously everyone asks that question it's just going to depend on production rates um you know and you got a job cost and you've got to kind of play around to back into it i mean a general rule of thumb for us is um like a bedroom yeah. four walls 10 by 10 my guy can do that in about a day. Mm -hmm. um, I might pad that eight hours and, and make it 10. So, if, you know, just for easy math, if your hourly rate is, you know, 70 an hour, the bedroom for 10 hours, I have 700. Mm -hmm. um, and so you kind of play around with that a little bit. Powder rooms should not take more than eight hours unless it's just a crazy, you know, drywall structure or something. Um ceilings are big, right? Mm -hmm. Wallpaper and ceilings, super important to know you always need two installers on a ceiling. Okay. So even if it's just, you know, a little eight by 10 office that a designer wants the ceiling wallpapered, you got to have two guys because one has to hold the paper while the other's installing it. Makes sense. Um, so little nuances like that, you know, once you get to like, you know, a big living room, maybe it's 10 foot ceilings and like 18 by 20, um, then I'm just kind of trying to build out my production rates. And so it's a, it's that same game that you do when you're learning how to price with painting. Um, for mm -hmm. us, we very quickly jump from one day, one painter to one, uh, two days, one, or excuse me, installer. So your, you know, your tiny bedroom is one day, your big living room is two days. Yeah. So I don't okay. really worry about the nuances in between one guy for one day, one guy for two days, because mm -hmm. again, you're not competing <laughs> with a lot of people. Right. And um, so just go ahead and assume that that jump, you're going to get it right. Okay. Um, and so that's, we don't do any, we don't do any in between. Right. So I don't. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't typically say, well, this looks like it's going to be about 13 hours. So I'm going to charge, you know, my rate of 13 or 14 now. No, I'm sorry. Eight hours, 16 32. That's how we jump with wallpaper. Okay. Um, and we, we don't, we don't lose jobs because of pricing for wallpaper. Okay. So very good. That's great information. And um, it's important to your job costing, just like it is with anything else. This, this is part of the learning love experience. language. You know, <laughs> this is part of the, the learning experience. Now, how does it work with, uh, you know, the cost of wallpaper, the cost of the roll can, mm. can vary, right? It's, it's all over the place. So you kind of have your wallpaper. Okay. Tell me how you guys operate in terms we of the actual do wallpaper. We not buy wallpaper. Okay. Um, we will purchase it for large commercial jobs. That is standard. So if you're listening and you're in commercial repaint or new construction commercial and you have a vinyl wall covering project or um, even a designer working on a commercial space. It is typical in the commercial side that the wallpaper is purchased by the installer. So, okay. um, but I don't think that's the majority of who's listening and reaping from this. <laughs> yeah, um, but let me ask you one question about that because I think that's a good, that, that's something that we should really distinguish. So in a residential project, you don't buy the wallpaper. When it's commercial vinyl, it would be typical in your bid that you include probably an allowance yeah. for the wallpaper or the, the whatever wall covering well, there is. Yeah, typically you know you're what it is. Out, yeah, typically you're um, so on the commercial side, whether it's repaint or new construction. So say um, 
the Holiday Inn Hotel is redoing all their wallpaper in their lobby. They contact you. Um, they're going to give you the specs for the paper. You're going to have the measurements for the space. You're going to calculate how much paper you want, which we'll talk about. And then you're going to go to your supplier and you're going to get pricing on the wallpaper and include mm -hmm. that in your bid. So it becomes okay. part of the process. Um, typically, you know, there's four or five you know, bigger manufacturers. Um, but we oftentimes go through our local paint stores. They have relationships with even like the Philip Jeffries of the world. Um, so if we are asked to acquire the paper in that situation, um, we go direct to the vendor. You can open accounts, get better pricing. Yeah. And then similar to paint, we do a slight markup um, just yeah. to cover that administration. Um, and so, yeah, that's the commercial side. Um, on the residential side, even in new construction, I will not purchase wallpaper. Direct to homeowner, okay. new residential, um, designer work, et cetera. We will suggest quantities. We will um, advise on things, um, particularly when they show me a paper that's got peel and stick. I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> move on. Okay. Um, but we do not purchase. Um, we don't want the inventory. We don't want the transport. We don't want the shipping acquisition. Like it just, it's a hard no and it is standard. Like no okay. one in town purchases for you. It's okay. It's, I think it's a pretty standard practice that no one's going to push back on. Okay. Now, if you get into the job and you find out that you've run out of wallpaper, oh. how, how do you handle that the, the, with maybe possible delays of production? I see the face you're making. You've experienced this. You don't want to experience it. Tell me how you I don't know that. what makes my tummy hurt more, <laughs> running out of paper or having way too much. <laughs> um, and we have, you know, this bold statement at the bottom of our proposals saying, you know, these are suggested quantities. We highly recommend that you contact the vendor mm. and get a second opinion and they never do. And then we always get blamed. And sure. so what we have in our fine print says, um, if, if there is a under order um, related to our suggested amounts, um, we will come back and finish the installation at no additional cost. Uh, but we're not responsible for the extra paper. If sure. there is an overage, um, we we are not responsible for that. Now, that's what's on paper. <laughs> but I think it's important to be clear that we're our company is founded on relationships, especially right. when you're dealing with designer work. Designers can be a huge source of revenue. Um, and wallpaper is a major in with designers right now. And so one of our big designers we work with, I had a project last year. Um, the builder gave me incorrect plans. So they had an overage of like 23 rolls. Mm -hmm. um, they were they were double rolls. So it was more like 11. Um, and she was pissed. I mean, she was like, this is like $10,000 worth of wallpaper. And my client sees it. It's sitting in her house. She's furious. And I was like, I got it. No worries. I'll buy it from you. It's fine. You know, so we purchased the wallpaper from her and then we use it for training in our shop. Right. Yeah. You know, made lemons out of lemon or made lemonade out of lemons. But um, I, I do think it's important to note that part of wallpaper is that you're getting into designers, I assume, and you're getting yes. into relationship business. So right. what's what's in the fine print? You can uphold. But at a certain point, you know, 23 rolls right. is a lot of extra. Now, <laughs> I, again, I'm a little naive on how wallpaper works, but can you not return rolls that have not been opened? There, uh, it depends on the uh, timeline. So okay. this one in particular, we had ordered, it was a new construction project. Um, they had had me price the wallpaper before the house even had drywall. Um, and so it was over a year before we installed. So that was way past when mm -hmm. the manufacturer was going to accept it. Sure. Um, the projects that they do accept unopened rolls back, there's usually a 25% restocking fee, plus mm -hmm. you have to pay the shipping. So that's a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Um, when you can, like I said, get creative, buy it back, install it in your house, push back. <laughs> it's not your fault. You know, all those things. 
Yeah. Okay. So you're giving some great information here. So we've kind of talked about pricing. Um, you're a math whiz. So let's talk about how you calculate this. Now, let's just reiterate in case anybody's just now joining yeah, my us. Whiteboard here. Okay. In case anyone just joining us, uh, what the folks do at Harpeth, they they give suggested amounts and it's important to let your clients know that this might, this is just a suggestion. Maybe you should call the manufacturer, give them dimensions, you know, get a second opinion. Um, so Maggie, let's jump in, talk to us about how the heck do we measure for wallpaper? <laughs> yeah. So Here's my, oh, can you see, well, hopefully you can, but if you're listening, um, I'm going to try to talk through it. But what I have kind of drawn up here is just like a standard square room. Um, I, there's not a single wallpaper job that I don't get out pen and paper and actually just draw and calculate. Um, but what we're trying to look for here is drops. And what we mean by a drop is, in theory, a panel like a drop down to cover floor to ceiling. So it's important to note that every single paper is going to have a different size drop. And so when you look at wallpaper specs, it's going to have a width. Now it's important to note, you're gonna see trimmed and untrimmed. And what that means is when they install, there's oftentimes a trim line that they cut to make sure the patterns line up. And so, um, you always look at the untrimmed, or excuse me, you always look at the trimmed number, which is typically going to be 24, 26, 54, 32. Those are kind of some of the common numbers that you see um, in inches. It's real dicey when they pick a European paper that's in meters and <laughs> centimeters. And <laughs> I have to Google how many inches are in 645 centimeters. And <laughs> sure. But, um, you know, converting everything to inches, if that's how you calculate. Um, and then you're just going to figure out drops. So this room, for example, has four walls. Each wall is 10 feet. So 10 feet times 12 inches is 120 inches times four. So this room has 480 linear inches. Make sense so far? I'm with you. So the let's pretend we have a 32 inch paper. So I'm going to divide 480 divided by 32 because that's the inches of the paper, which I'm going to get 15 drops. Make sense so far? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. How many drops we need? Okay. The next thing you're looking at is how long is the paper? Now it's important to know that you don't always get this information. Okay. Um, we have learned to push back on designers. Um, they're very quick to send you a screenshot of a wallpaper or um, you know a picture of something. And I always say, I need very specific specs from you as to where you're purchasing it from and what the roll size is. Because I learned that certain um, suppliers carry, you know, the same paper. So there's, you know, say a floral paper by Magnolia that is sold at one store in one size roll and mm -hmm. then the other store in a different size roll. So I'm always very specific that I push back and say, I need exactly what you're purchasing and where you're purchasing it from and the specs that are on. And so specs meaning width and length. So then from there, you know, you need 15 drops. So then you're going to figure out how many drops are in a roll. Are we good so far? Yeah. So just to clarify, sometimes the actual specs of the wallpaper don't say how long it is. Um, is that so, what you're saying? Well, there's two situations. Sometimes you don't have access to that information if you're not the designer. Okay. Right. So sometimes, sorry, I'm like not talking to you. Sometimes the designer um, has like a back end to a website. Um, so it's not always available. Okay. Um, other times the roll length differs based on where you're buying. Where the you buy it from. Right. Yeah. Very confusing. Yep. It, it is. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there should be a standard, I feel. Yeah. Um, well, here we are. 
Now, at what point do you factor in your measurements? Because I just, unless I miss this, the ceiling height. Oh, we're, or, not, or no, the, we're, not, we're not even. That, that comes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're at 15 drops. We're going to pretend that this paper is 32 inches wide. And um, oh, let's see. Uh, it's sold by the yard. Let's start with that. You're going to see that a lot. So we know that there's three feet in a yard. The problem is we have 10 foot walls. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're now looking at, let's say four yards per drop. Are you seeing that? Yep. I gotcha. We can't do, we can't assume three and a half. The math doesn't work that way when you actually get the paper, you know, okay. we're not going to cut it by half yards. Right. So we're going to assume that it's four yards per drop. So 15 times four is 60. So the estimate for this is we're going to need about 60 yards. Okay. Based on it, if it's a 10 foot high ceiling. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm there with you. I mean, it, this. Do you have a spreadsheet that you've created no, for this? No, no. I each do this time, every single time. Okay. Because the designer is going to send me three different rooms, mm -hmm. and this room, the paper is going to be sold by the yard, and then the next room, it's going to be sold by the double roll, and a roll is going to be forty yards in length. Right. So now we're bound to rolls, which means if if a yard if a roll is 40 yards in length, and I'm coming out to needing 38 yards, that means they're going to have to buy two rolls, yeah. just for two more yards. <laughs> like the math yeah. is real dicey. And that's where communication is super important. Um, if I have to, and then we, last thing is we always assume 15% waste. So I would multiply whatever number we can, 60 yards by 1.15. Okay, that's very good. So we got a couple questions. Let me throw these at you. We've got one um, that's asking. They're just clarifying that your price only and covers the install, not the actual wallpaper. Unless it's in the commercial setting, you might need to include your wall covering yep. in that price. Um, do you include prep work in some sort of separate price? How does that factor in? Yep. One of the things that we've learned recently um, is that uh, priming with a specific primer um, has become very favorable um, mm -hmm. for two reasons. Number one, um, it's just increased production time. So it's made it go a little faster because the surface is prepared. Um, number two is when we have had an issue with the paper, whether it's our fault or the manufacturer's fault or you know, a uh, electrician comes in and messes up the paper and we have to replace mm -hmm. the panel. Um, it allows for easier removal. Like if we have to remove a panel and fix it or, you know, okay, anything like that. So recently we've started priming. Um, I mean, it doesn't take long to prime, right? It's like an hour or two. Okay. So again, um, it's kind of case by case as to a lot of what we do right now is on new residential. So it's easy to just, those are already primed. Like, sure. we just, you know, make sure the primer's right. Um, and then we really have been pushing wallpaper work with painting as well, mm. um, which we can get to, to why in a minute. But as a result of that, it's not a huge deal when I have painters there to just have them prime. Sure. You know. Now, do you have to prime every wall? Like if the wall is just painted, do you have to prime it? Is it always important to use a, a primer? Yeah, we're using, I'm happy. I'll link in the um, Facebook thing, the primer that we use that uh, it's Roman. No, that's the glue. It's a one, two, three primer. I don't actually know what it is. I'm going to have to look it up, but we just keep it stocked in our shop for our installers. We got a pile of glue and a pile of primer um, and we just kind of, yeah. Okay. Um, I got another question from Karen. Hey, Karen. Um, wanting to know what type of wallpaper is easier or more difficult to install? Should that be taken into consideration when you're pricing this out? Yeah, that's become a really tricky issue. Um, <laughs> it is so inconsistent. Um, uh, you know, we've done 
for example, a Philip Jeffries paper. It was awesome. It was great. Guys loved it. Went up easy. And then turned around and did another job two weeks later with Philip Jeffries. That was like a thorn in our side. And we just, mm -hmm. it was just so hard. Um, so even in, even within a manufacturer, it's hard to say, um, custom wallpaper is typically thin. And so we have done a few projects and, you know, thankfully knew ahead of time what the paper was and was able to kind of plan for it. Cause the thinner the paper, the harder it is for them to, to work it. Right. Okay. Anytime yep. they start cutting it, if it wrinkles, you know, right. um, grass cloth and vinyl tend to be really easy. The problem mm. with grass cloth is setting customer expectations mm. because grass cloth is going to show seams. That is the nature of grass cloth because you're cutting a crisscross pattern. Mm -hmm. And so if the client doesn't know that, they're going to be like, uh, your wallpaper install sucks. I see seams mm -hmm. everywhere. And like, no, like that's called grass cloth. <laughs> so um, while it's very easy to install, we often encourage people away from it because nobody really wants to see seams. Right. Okay. Um, you know what? You're bringing up a, a good uh, point here about customer expectation. And I have to believe that that is a huge piece of this puzzle as it is with all the work we do. What it's, this is kind of reminding me of like when we remove wallpaper, I know a lot of folks will do this, you know, we do, here's an estimated time frame. We think it's going to take 40 hours. However, we don't know what kind of wall repair might be needed. Um, so we usually set our customers up to say, you know, we're estimating 40, 60 hours, anything over that's time material. Um, if we get close to that, that time, that a lot of time, we'll talk to you. We'll talk you through the process. Do you get into a situation where you've allotted a certain number of hours and because of the difficulty of the paper, you have to go back to the customer and say, hey, we projected this for, you know, 30 hours, but it's probably going to take closer to 40 and this is going to be the, the new charge. Is that part of this conversation? Not typically. Um, okay. We don't give a price without seeing the paper. Mm -hmm. um, so not like physically seeing it, but um, there's a there's another number you're going to see on wallpaper called repeat. And yes. that is how often the pattern repeats. So the the lower the repeat, the harder it is for the paper to match. Mm. And so that is our indicator more than the consistency of the paper. Obviously, if I look up the paper and see something about, you know, it being like every wallpaper has uh, installation guidelines. So if I breeze over that and see something like that really catches my eye, I might add some extra time. Okay. Um, but unless I see anything crazy, the only time we are kind of triggered to increase our price is if there's a repeat because, and then we have to set customer expectation that there's going to be a lot of waste mm. uh, because of that. Um, similar to this, right? If it's by right. and you have 10 foot ceilings, I mean, sorry, we're going to have a lot of waste. Yeah. Um, you know, customer expectations, we don't ever ask for more time because the paper was not what we expected. Okay. Um, I think that would probably be equivalent to like walking through a client's house, assuming it's going to take two coats and then it takes three that like in our company, that's on us mm. unless we specifically said two coats in the proposal. Right. Oh yeah. That's, yeah, that's what we do. Right. Or like, you know, they, they choose a, a white and they're going over a Navy and at, right. at the time of the quote, you had no idea they were going to choose a light color. Um, anything else about this, this measuring that yeah, um, you need to throw at us? So like I said, if the repeat's low, I would up your waist to 20%. Another question that I had when I first learned how to do this was, okay, well, what about cabinets and windows and doors? Like, how do you yes. account for that? Um, currently, we assume every surface is getting wallpaper. And that is because, number one, it gives us more waste. So it gives mm -hmm. us some wiggle room. Number two is if there's drywall above and below a window, how do I do this on the camera? Um, to keep the pattern lined up, you still might need mm. the top and the bottom of that drop, depending mm -hmm. on how the rest of the room lays out, right? Yep. Um, based on where the seam is allowed to land, because you're always going to have one place that the pattern doesn't line up. 
you know, all these things are going to impact um, based on where windows and doors. So unless I have like floor to ceiling windows that span 90% of a wall, I'm going to assume that the whole wall gets wallpaper. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Especially for the, the pattern purposes of the pattern. Yeah. Um, Okay. Are there, do you have any resources and maybe we add this in later uh, websites or anything that you use uh, or how did you learn to price this out? Just trial and error, lots fire. of experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's probably people listening that have a much more sophisticated system that are probably like um, going to send me burning messages in Facebook that there's a better way to do this. And I was misguiding, but for me, Hey, that doesn't happen on the women of pain Facebook page. Maybe, maybe, maybe some of the other ones are not maybe this some one. the other ones, but <laughs> this is what's worked for us. Um, we're pretty, like I said, I take it to pen and paper. Um, I, on the commercial side, they have spreadsheets and calculations that they use. Cause again, commercial paper tends to be really straightforward. 54 yeah. inch sold by the yard, straightforward. Um, but all this, fun, crazy pattern designer, um, pretty paper. I just take it to pen to paper. And then I'm really honest when I give the numbers. So if I say it suggested 60 rolls um, with 15% waste, meaning 69 rolls, I tell them those things. Yeah. You know, because right. I think that builds trust to say like, I worked hard at helping you figure this out. I recommend you call the manufacturer just in case. But, you know, I think if you just say, 70 rolls and then you're mm -hmm. off, there's going to be like a lot more distrust. And so because I've never installed paper, I don't know the nuances of lining the pattern up and where to do the seam and how to cut it to conserve paper. Like I don't have that skill. Mm -hmm. So I've had to rely on this calculation and being upfront about expectations. And I tell them it's like paint. You want to have leftover paper. Yeah. Like my kids have destroyed my powder room and I know that I could replace a panel or put a panel over the existing one if I needed to, because I have two extra rolls. Like it's like, it's good. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's a great point. Um, let's talk about one why wallpaper? Why should we consider it? I know you mm. mentioned even in the Facebook group, the profit margins are good. Anyway. Talk to us about how that has worked in at Harpeth in terms of yeah. uh, your, the profits and all that good stuff. So I tried, I was, well, we were logging onto this, pulling up last year's numbers. We did roughly um, on the residential side, we did roughly 120 wallpaper jobs last year. Um the average job, so our job minimum for wallpaper is about a thousand. Okay. Um, our average job size for wallpaper last year was just over $2,000. So I do want to be clear that that's a lot of little jobs. Mm. <laughs> um, however, the average gross profit of wallpaper for my company last year was 61%. So that means we made a really, a really decent amount of money on wallpaper. I think it was like almost $10,000 um, was the final number. These are all, I couldn't find the exact stuff. So I was like trying to piece it together before the call. Um, but that's, that's great. Cause I mean, you know, most of our targets, you know, are around 45%, 40 yeah. maybe. And, and maybe when you get into even the bigger projects that might drop. Um, so in the sixties, I mean, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Now so what a, about on the commercial side, are you seeing the same type of return? Typically, commercial wall covering is only happening within a larger scope. So yeah. rarely are we getting asked to, you know, like I mentioned, come in and just do redo a lobby. We did. I mean, we have like I think we did like a dentist's office last year, a doctor's office and some hospital work. Um, so we did, you know, but those Typically, commercial has more installers, right? Most large commercial painting companies have mm -hmm. wallpaper installers. So we weren't pricing those as aggressively. Um, we played quite a game this year of trying to figure out what the market is actually for, for wallpaper install here. Um, on the commercial side, we were at the 40 to 45%, which those typically are bigger jobs. Most of those commercial hanging jobs were more in the eight to $10,000 range, um, not including paper. So then... You include the paper and you're at the twenty to twenty five thousand dollar range yeah. sometimes, which 
I'll take 40 to 45 on that any day. Definitely. Definitely. Um, we got another question here. What kind of warranty do you do on wallpaper? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, we have a one year, what do we have? A one year, we have a warranty. I think it's about a year. Um, I should know that. I feel really silly right now. But anyways, there's a warranty. Um, but again, it's kind of like that whole what's on paper versus what do we do? And so, sure. you know, sure. we're, we're going to address it. The thing about wallpaper, any issues that you're going to have that are your fault are going to be within 30 days. Mm -hmm. um, and so I believe ours is 30 days craftsmanship, one year manufacturer. But then so like if the paper was bad, they're going to pay mm -hmm. us to fix it. Anyway, does um, that happen where you kind of have like a fa faulty? Well, covering? yeah, we've had faulty paper. We've also just had um, like environmental factors, mm. right? So um, we installed at a new build a couple months ago um, and then winter hit and they turned the heat on mm. and the paper shrunk. And so you could see all the seams and that's not our fault. Like right. we didn't. We didn't do anything wrong, um, but given the client, I'm going to go back and fix it with the, which in that case, the fix is really easy. They actually just get um, paint that matches the paper and run it through the seam line. Okay. Um, that is manufacturer recommendation. So okay. um, I didn't charge them to go back and do that. It's not the sure. client's fault that the builder turned on the heat in the winter. Like that, that's just life, right? Right. Right. Um, and so we definitely are a little bit more loosey goosey about that stuff because of the relationships that we um, push. But um, any type of immediate concern, you're going to see our bubbles. Um, mm -hmm. which there's a couple really easy fixes for that. You can poke a hole in it and put some glue behind it. Sometimes the bubbles just need to settle. And that's what we usually tell clients. We're like, if you see any bubbling, just like give it another week or two um, okay. and it might, it might settle down. Um other than that, I mean, if wallpaper starts peeling, that's typically a moisture issue. Um, exterior walls, showers that run, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of high moisture, things like that. Those aren't our fault. Um, and okay. so I think those are the areas that we kind of push back more like, hey, you installed six months ago. And now, you know, I see some wrinkling at the top of my ceiling that wasn't there. And I'm like, and how is that? my fault right uh how do you find it's like installers? yeah oh gosh don't get me started on nail pops. how um how do you find installers how do you uh i mean you know we all are hiring people whether we use subs or employees so it might not differ but is there anything specific that you look for in an installer that might be different from a painter so one of our problems currently as a company is we have a large demand for wallpaper yes and a hard time um, finding installers that we trust yeah and so like i said we're a sub model we're always looking but we are uh, yet to find additional wallpaper installers that we feel because the problem is most of what we're installing for are are really great clients high-end clients and i don't want to just put somebody on the job um, so mm -hmm. we are stuck right now. I don't have an answer to that. What we've done is spent a lot of time trying to schedule wallpaper, um, spent a lot of trying time to, like I said, how, what, where can we raise prices to, um, make it worth our time knowing yeah. that we are right now limited to our installers. Well, um, and you know what we're trying to do, it, we're, we're just training this in-house. I mean, we've got to train people. Like we talked about, the wallpaper folks are kind of a dying breed. Um, so we're, you know, we're going to train people. We might even take you up on your offer and come down and uh, shadow some of your folks. Yeah. Um, so I think, you you know, you got to learn, learn the skill and, and yeah. set people up so that, that they can, you know, get the education they need. Um, Karen's asking a question. She says, what's the best way to advertise other than putting it on your business card? Like, how do you get the word out? Um, I'll just chime in quickly on that, Karen, because one thing Maggie's talking about is with your repeat clients. So, um, you know, at No Drip Painting, we have lots of designers we work with and lots of uh, like high-end remodelers, folks that, that really want good quality work. 
those are the people in my network that want the wallpaper already. So for us, uh, because over the years they've been asking, do we do it? We always said no. Then we strategically made the decision. Now we have to say yes, because the work is already there. So if you have a repeat client base, which I always tell, you know, I always suggest people to, to build out some sort of repeat client. If you're residential, don't just rely on word of mouth. Like there comes a point in time, if you're wanting to grow the business, getting those repeat clients can help you stay busy in the winter. Um, you know, they're the folks that are going to take you up on uh, the other services that you can offer, right? You've already been doing uh, amazing painting for them. They enjoy the relationship. Now you say, Hey, I can do wallpaper too. That just helps them. So um, maybe consider, you know, any repeat clients that you have. Maggie, do you have any other suggestions on how you can get the word out when you add an additional service? If it's wallpaper, I would just uh, listen to Michael and start with your current base. I would be very careful. Um, if you start blasting that, you're going to be bombarded with inquiries. And it's going to be very, at least if you're in a market like we are, yeah. where it's high design. And um, I would just be careful. Um, there's a lot of people that don't understand the cost, right? They think that they can buy $200 wallpaper for their powder room and get it installed for $200. And that's that's yeah. just not a reality or shouldn't be. Um, and so you're going to get a lot of people saying, you know, on like a local Facebook group, like I got peel and stick paper, who has an installer? <laughs> So I would just be really careful. We we have ebb and flowed with our with who we will hang for. So when we get really busy, um, we implement a B2B policy. So we are only installing for contractors and designers. When we slow down, we'll kind of like slowly remind people on social media yeah. or email that we do wallpaper, but we're not, it's not blasted anywhere, it's not pushed anywhere. In fact, on our SEO and advertising that we do, I have a very strict statement of do not do things to get wallpaper work. <laughs> right. Okay. But I think, um, you know, just just knowing what you're capable of taking in terms of, of leads and um, and also I know we were going to talk about some of the risks, just also being prepared. Um, if you have an installer who messes up paper, who gets glue on it and it can't come off, who cuts it wrong, who you know, God forbid, whatever happens, you are probably responsible for replacing that paper and having it rehung. And that's expensive. Yeah. Like a lot of people are paying just as much for the paper as they are for the install. And so um, my lead installer almost quit wallpapering because we, he's a sub. And if, if his guys mess up the paper, we hold him accountable. It's not our fault. Right. Um, and he was fed up with it because he was frustrated that his guys were, you know, sloppy. And it was only probably two jobs that went bad in the last year and a half. But it cost him, you know, 20 rolls of expensive wallpaper. Like, Right. So that's so, definitely one of the pitfalls is that yeah. the product is expensive. So if you kind of screw up hanging, have an issue with the product, then you, someone's got to pay for that. And it's usually the person installing. Um, what other pitfalls or things would you caution us who are trying to get started in this market? Uh, like I said, I would be very careful with um, suggesting amounts. Um We've, I mean, even still to this day, we have, we're not perfect and there's jobs that are off um, because every wallpaper is different. And so we've, we've started slowing down and calling the manufacturer. Thankfully, like a lot of them have little calculators now on their website um, and just kind of double checking our numbers, um, setting those expectations. I think another pitfall for us is scheduling. And so you kind of mentioned earlier, like what, you know, there's so many different kinds of paper and yeah. having never installed, I don't have the full wherewithal of knowing if a paper is going to be extra hard or not. And so we're booked out to like March for wallpaper. So that means that every single day, my hangers have somewhere to be between now and March. So last week we were snowed out. No one could get anywhere. Nashville was shut down. So cool. Now I'm a week behind. Mm -hmm. And that means I have to remember these are 
probably one to two day jobs through. So that means everybody booked they're now in March has to be notified right. that their schedule could adjust. Um, if, you know, a paper is tricky and a guy needs to go back for like two or three hours the next day to finish again, now that's disrupting. And it's just so many more. I mean, imagine if your paint company painted a powder room every single day for the whole year. Yeah. That's a lot of logistics. That's a lot of coordination. And so it's a nightmare, but 61% profit makes it kind of worth it right now still. Sure. What, so when you schedule, do you have any parameters on, um, say, does the client have to have the wallpaper in hand before they get on schedule? Like how does that work since you're on the residential yeah. front, not in charge of getting the wallpaper? Talk to me about how that works and how you navigate yeah. that. So that's typically, that's one of the things we've started doing. Um, I mean, we're booked out through March just with our like designers and builders though. So it, you know, um, I don't talk to them. I assume if they give me a date, they have it mm -hmm. figured out because they're okay. usually pretty designers especially are pretty on top of yeah. um, notification. I mean, because of all the furniture stuff they do. Um, but for homeowners specifically, we will not put them on the calendar until that they have paper in hand. And so that mm -hmm. has definitely helped um, ease that a little bit. But right now we're only doing B2B. So to your point, I have designers that do their own measurements and we show up and it's not enough paper. And again, that disrupts the whole schedule. I mean, it's just, it's a constant... We have a scheduling meeting every Wednesday for an hour, and then we have a 30 minute meeting after for wallpaper. Oh, wow. And keep in mind, we are a $9 million company doing, uh, let's see, only about $200,000 of wallpaper a year. So like we're devoting a lot of time to a small revenue source, but we understand the value, um, both because it's, it's a craft and we're craftsmanship, but also because, or we're craftsmen, but also because it's it's a package deal for our clients. Sure. Do you, is there a world where instead of getting booked out till March that you would say, let's find more installers and get all that done in the next six weeks? Like in terms of strategy yeah. for your business, maybe shed, shed some light on how you plan to navigate wallpaper. Really like what's your goal with it? What, what do you envision it could be for the company? I think at this point, because it's such a small portion of our revenue, um, it's a lot easier for us to just refer them to someone else. Um, mm. We have another great company, a painting company in town that started doing wallpaper a year, year and a half ago. Um, I know his character, so I assume he does a good job, but um, if we can't, service somebody were humble enough to be like, you know, go call precision. Um, they should be able to get you in. They're a little bit smaller, a little bit more residential focused. Um, and then similarly, we have another, there's like a, an old school been around for, you know, years installer yeah. in town that um, he's slow to schedule. He's kind of what you're saying, like more the, the old breed, but we'll also recommend him um, cause we know he's fantastic. And so it's just, you know, it's not a big enough source and, and it just, it's not something that we want to focus on that hard. Okay. That makes sense. Well, I think we've about covered everything under the wallpaper umbrella, unless you can think of something else that you want to offer to us. What insight do you have? You're new at this. Well, I'm new. Therefore I'm know, asking all these questions cause I need answers to them. Have you learned anything yet? <laughs> Well, I've learned a lot from what you have just said. I mean, here's what I'll say. We are slowly getting into this. Um, back to kind of Karen's point when she was asking about how to advertise for this. Here's what we did. I I think that based on what Maggie just shared, I'm glad this is the pro approach that we've taken. So what I, what I did is I just reached out to a few of our designers, right? Like three of them said, hey, we're now doing wallpaper. Uh, if you need another installer, let us know. We'll be happy to start bidding as opposed to sending out to all 20 of the designers we work with, right? I don't want to put all that out there because again, I'm still trying to figure out what a drop is and the measurements that you mm -hmm. just, you just went over with us. So we're, we're slowly stepping in this, this realm as well as some other 
areas, um, you know, like uh, the Roman clay, the, the things that you guys are doing, the Venetian plaster, is that, what's that behind? Is that the, the Venetian? That's the Venetian glaze. Okay, the Venetian but glaze. It's, so it's unburnished. So this is just a single trowel. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's earthy. It's not uh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so we have Roma Bio come out actually based Was it on- Matt? Um, yes. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't Matt. Oh, it was um, okay. the other guy. And, and we did that because of when we came to visit Harpeth, we realized that was an option. So we're getting more into some of these decorative finishes. So um, I you know, appreciate your time today. I got one more question for you. I don't know too many um, female CEOs of painting companies who are at the $9 million mark. <laughs> um, I hope it's something you're proud of, but I don't know. Tell us, what's it like to uh, be the head honcho of a $9 million company? It makes me sleepy. <laughs> It's a lot, but um, it is, uh, I have a great team and I'm a, I'm a team person. I'm a galvanizer. Um, and so, everything all right? Yeah, if you can hear this, it's because uh, it's Wednesday at noon here in Columbus, Ohio, and that's our weekly tornado. tornado. Yeah, but it's all good, guys. No, no real tornado. <laughs> it's like, uh, do you need to go? <laughs> this is um, live. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a fun gig. Um, I'm grateful for the team that I have. Um, it is uh, a lot of people to keep employed. Um, so to be frank, that's, it's scary. Like it's, I love them all so deeply and they're the reason I wake up excited. Um, but it's also, uh, it's a, it's a lot of people and, and that's what keeps me focused and trying to work hard and, make sure that we're doing the things to keep relationships. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the core of, of what I was saying earlier. I'm not trying to be willy nilly on contracts. I'm trying mm -hmm. to build deep relationships um, that breed loyalty and, and keep the work coming for all these people that we've built on our team. So. Well said, I think that's a great place to end. Uh, thank you once again for joining me. I will be seeing you soon in Minnesota. And I hope to see many of you at the uh, expo in Orlando. Anything you want to share on that since you're part of the board for the PCA? Sign up. It's going to change your business. It's going to change you personally. Um, if you're planning on coming uh, and you haven't quite understood why it's so important, um, when Michael and I hang up momentarily and probably gab for another 15 minutes about life and paint it's it's because of things like expo um and we're growing in our business because of the relationships we're building and the education around those so good deal all right until next time we'll see y'all yeah. keep keep painting <laughs> painted podcasts are produced by the painting contractors association and are made possible by members and industry partners to find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining pca visit PCAPainted.org.